Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. This is a podcast about origin stories, thoughts, and whatever else may come up. Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. I hope you enjoy these wonderful conversations. And thank you again for listening. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast is with Christina Rose. She's a remarkable talent who got her start in a family band when she was just a teenager and never looked back. She's done Broadway, yes, that Broadway, voiceover, on-camera acting. She's done acting for uh, video games, owns a singing telegram company, and so much more. Tune in to hear about her start, about college, working on Broadway, and the similarities between her father and my father, which I found fascinating, and She's worked with an actor that I've worked with, which I just discovered after recording the podcast, a gentleman by the name of Lance Hendrickson. So tune in to this wonderful conversation and listen to an amazing human being who is probably one of the sweetest people I know. I was truly blessed to have her on my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hello, Christina. It's good to finally see you. We have gone back and forth on social media for forever. Like, even when I lived in L.A., we tried to get, you know, to meet up and just discuss projects and whatever. And finally, I'm back in Texas and you're still in L.A. and we finally get to meet up and get to have a good conversation. Yeah, it's so good to see you, too, especially with all the craziness that's been going on in the world. So I hope everything's been okay for you on your end. (laughs) It has, actually. I'm very blessed. Uh, a, a lot of great life changes are coming along for me, so things are opening up, and the, my world is expanding in a way I want it to expand. So life is pretty darn good. That's good. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no complaints. <laughs> no, and you have done a really good job of still competing in that marketplace of being an actress, a voiceover actress, a singer, even through all of the the outbreak and everything else, you've done a very good job of actually keeping yourself going in the middle of all of this, haven't you? Yeah, I think that's the thing about being a creative mind is it just never stops. So you want to keep moving forward and keep creating projects. And my husband is a filmmaker as well. So together, right. the two of us, we have a production company. So we actually created a lot of stuff during this pandemic um, that surprised us. And we felt very fulfilled in a lot of ways, which was nice. Um, And I also don't know if you know this, but I have a singing telegram company as well that I, yeah, that I actually opened the business about three and a half years ago. And that has been doing very well during the pandemic because people were looking for ways to, share their love and celebrate with people that they couldn't be with. And so they would send our amazing performers who were having a hard time getting work in other places. So it was just nice being able to like be able to give them work and also spread this joy of a gift, a personalized gift that we could give other people. So that's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause you, with the singing telegram, you can still be socially distanced, but yet still get a message and in, in a creative way. And it keeps, and it keeps performers active and engaged and keep their, one of my acting teachers when I used to be in the business would tell me that their, your voice is a muscle. So um, it's an actual physical muscle. So your voice box is that. So 
So that's helping them keep their voice box trained because as you know, and you've been doing this singing all your life, like since you were probably knee high to a grasshopper, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks to and my so mom and dad. You, yeah. <laughs> and so you know what it's like to keep that voice box working and keep it going. And I'm, I'm sure you've got daily vocal exercises that you do to keep sharp, but you did this with the singing telegram thing, not only for yourself, but for all these actors that literally are out there trying to, you know, make their dreams come true, yet you're keeping them employed and happy and spreading some joy as well. I did not know about that. Yeah. I mean, we were actually one of the few doing, because these are actors as well. So when we do the singing telegrams, they're acting and singing. But we had mm -hmm. a couple uh, people request full-on musicals. My husband wrote scripted musicals and we would put the music together and we would do these 45 minute shows outdoors in people's backyard for like three or four people socially distanced and then the sure, performers sure. would be all tested and spaced out so like I was saying we were very creative during the pandemic trying to you know keep everybody's chops going that is amazing because I, I wow and I'm sure uh well California I mean, in Texas, things are pretty well lifted, you know, masks are not mandatory and, you know, but still, I, I would imagine once that veil gets lifted, that's just going to be a boon for you guys. And as, being, as anybody, as somebody who went out to LA to try to be in the film industry, you need some residual income going on while you're working on your passion projects. And I know you've got a ton of those, but that's wonderful. I think that's so awesome that you do that. And I, I'll have to spread the word out in LA about that too. Yeah, for sure. How long were you in LA when you moved out here? I moved out there in 2014 and came back to Texas 2019. I just found that it costs too much money to live out there. Very expensive, yeah. <laughs> it's, but you've got a co-creator and a partner that, and so that makes days so much brighter. And that's the one thing about the creative industry is if people do don't think of brick and mortar or whatever they think outside the box and you guys thought outside the box and keeping that going yeah i think one of the things that really helped us too is you know during the pandemic i know you've heard this but a lot of people moved to different places some moved totally out of into a different state we actually moved out of la into buena park which is south yeah and we mm -hmm. we're we're in a house now which getting out of the apartment living and having, you know, when you're staying at home so much, having the sanctuary of a home was very, uh, mm -hmm. it actually helped us be more creative and just more at peace and more happy. Like we have this beautiful backyard for our two dogs and we have a pool and jacuzzi yeah. and we could just chill out because, you know, it's just, that becomes where your, your life is when you're at home all the time, you know? Yeah. So you found that, yeah, I remember Buena Park that's Knott's uh, Berry Farms. Just past Huntington Beach, right? Just past Huntington Beach. Yeah, it's like by Knott's Berry Farms, the Pirates yep. show, yep. Medieval Times. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so when all that picks up, I don't know how chaotic it's going to be over here. We shall see. I hope it's still yeah. peaceful because it's been very quiet and very nice so far. <laughs> yeah, so far. Actually, now that I think about Buena Park, I think of like a, a movie that probably the biggest movie I did in LA that we shot on a, a soundstage. I believe it was in Buena Park. So I know where that is now. That they I'm do have about yeah, studios out here for sure. Yeah. And we had a soundstage over there. And anyway, so you, I went, look, and just 
scribbled in some notes and looked at your IMDb because you have been out there singing and you were in a group when you were like 12. Is that what's it? You're, the you're Odyssey broke? Sound System? Yes. What That's the, my parents' what the, band. What? Were you like yes. the Partridge family or something? <laughs> That's pretty much what everyone called us. So my, my dad can pretty much play every instrument you can think of. He was a music teacher. My mom taught me piano and voice lessons. My dad taught me how to play clarinet. Um, we had a band growing up with my older sister, me, and my parents where we would play at weddings and bars. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much where I got my start as a professional vocalist. And um, they were, they were, we had rehearsals all the time. I mean, it was a very good uh, step into the industry. Wow. Um, my grandma says, talk to somebody long enough, you find something in common. We had to go, what, five minutes into this to note that we have one thing in common, which is kind of freaks me out because my father was a music teacher and my father was a gifted like musician, like a gene. He was playing the, the violin when he was five. Wow. So yeah. Um, my mother years later ran into the nuns that were in that school by chance. And like, they all knew he was kind of a prodigy even though, and he turned that into raising kids. So he had to be a teacher, got a master's degree in music, but like your father, he could play any instrument known to man. Yeah. And he could write sheet music and all of that. And I did not know that about you. Cause I did not know we had that in common. Cause that no, we had no Partridge family band. Cause, but still we were the Brady bunch when I was growing up because my dad divorced my mother and married somebody else. And she didn't have two boys. She didn't have all girls. She had two boys and a girl, but he had four boys. Oh, wow. So we were in one house, nine of us, literally, I kid you not, you know, in a small town in Iowa. And those people, we were called the Brady Bunch. Yeah, back in the day, <laughs> during the Brady Bunch years when it was actually on TV. So I have to know, did he teach you how to play any instruments? I mean, oh, did you ask? Well, I was a something? trumpet player, but okay. I, my, one of my older brothers got that got the music gift. He never used it, but he, he had the gift for playing the saxophone and he never used it, even though, but me, I, I was horrible. But I did want to oh. <laughs> Well, my dad was a teacher. You saw, I saw him every day, you know, and, and where I grew up, seven through 12 was all in one building. So I saw him every day. Mm -hmm. It was very disincentivizing for me to go and play scales in my room. So, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> but I did not know that about you and your dad. That's I very rare is it that I know somebody that has a father that has the same kind of background as mine does. Very rare. Yeah. So you were in Odyssey in this group, and that's when you started it. And then you went off to college and did some stuff there from what I read. Tell me about that. Um, so... I guess, you know, where I got the bug for musical theater was in high school, really, when I started doing the musicals there. And I always thought I was going to be a veterinarian when I grew up because I love animals so much. And that's, I went to, you know, conferences and different things that my parents took me to. I really thought that's what I was going to do. And then I started the musicals in high school and my drama teacher said, well, you should go to school for this. You should go to college for this. And I didn't even know. I said, what? You can... I can actually do this for a living. <laughs> it's just, I was from Michigan. You don't think that right. way, you know? No. 
And, and so I immediately switched and I said, okay, I'm going to start auditioning for all these college programs. And then I got my BFA in musical theater performance from Central Michigan University. And then I went to school there, got like a a scholarship and did the whole thing. And um, I just, I had so many great shows that I did out there. I loved college life. I always talked to my husband about that. Like, I, I feel like college was a very important time in my life just for growing up and, you know, even building my skills, of course. Although I feel like when I, when I left school and got on my first national tour, that's when I learned how to be a professional actor. You know what I mean? School in college, it's more about like, okay, I'm learning how to sing and, and act and, you know, hone those skills. But the business side of it, you learn once you start moving into New York and California and all these places and you learn, oh, this is a business. This isn't just singing and acting. This is a business. Right. This, yeah, that's the hardest reality that most people in LA ha- learn either the hard way or somebody teaches them that because it's a, it's not, it's not a friendship, biz- you know, thing. It's a business, mm-hmm. and you got to make money. You don't, and that's what a lot of people love. You know, it's great to create art, but and do that. But if you do that, do that as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, do you have it- to be really, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, to understand that. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. I learned it the hard way. So, yeah, it's just about being smart. You know, my husband and I were recently talking about this too, just, you know, as we pushed our production company past the pandemic and into the, you know, the new year, which is we have to be very smart about the projects we're creating and the niche that we're trying to get into and like look for more, you know, uh, high demand, low competition. <laughs> and I know that's tricky because you, you know, it's like, where is that? But, but we're being, that's, we're trying to be very strategic with what we create as a production company to pitch. Yeah. Cause yeah. And that's the thing I tell a lot of people in the industry, cause I do have some industry people on here, but I also have life, like I'm going to have a, a life coach uh, teacher next week. And well, then after that, I've got a soap opera actor who was a prolific soap opera actor. But I do get some of the industry people. So I love hearing your guys' story because even from even though I've sort of left the business, I could still learn about myself through your stories about the business to go, oh, okay, so that's how why I reacted to that because of that. I didn't know that. And that's why I think it's fun. And that's why I love my podcast because I get to I love talking to people because that's my joy. It's it's what I do and I'm good at it, but I love the stories because they've everybody's a mirror and you guys mirror back to me something that I've got to learn about myself. So you'd think I wouldn't want any industry people on there because I, it's not a thing I do anymore, but I do because you guys teach me stuff that I need to learn. Even though I'm, I don't go out there and do it, you still go, oh, I don't know how that works for you because you're knee deep in the industry, but it's hard to be strategic, but long story short, you know, with you guys being strategic, the only thing you got to remember is you have, everybody has a unique gift, no matter whether or not it's a sitcom about a bar, which is cheers. Mm-hmm. It could be a sitcom. Or about always your sunny bar. in Philadelphia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I love so, that show. <laughs> right exactly it's so but that's their unique perspective and if you just hone in on your gift to what you see and how you see it people will resonate to that very much yeah. so 
Well, and that's what we're focusing on too, is like really our strengths and kind of what makes us different. I said, you know, our production company is called Arath Productions and we want, uh-huh. you know, to, okay, oh, that is an Arath production, you know, versus yeah. anybody yeah. could have made that movie. So that's, you know, um, and because I do sing and because there's all these, and he does all these special effects, like we're going to try to combine a bunch of different things. We've, we've, we're Neat. in talks right now about what we're going to do, but we, that is the goal is just to be very specific and strategic with what we create. We're not just going to make something because we, you know, have like this idea that, oh, that would be cool. It's like, no, what is the best business move for us if we really want to get this show picked up? (laughs) Right. And from that is also you have to know what your why is. Why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally and not, and I, I just, I'm in the middle of watching this show called Startup, which is really not safe for work or probably NC-17, but it's, they were doing a pitch for a a tech company startup, like a Bitcoin kind of thing. And the guy who had all the money is like, what is your why? And they gave him fluff. He kept pushing them to give them the real why, meaning like the girl who did it, she, you know, came up with a, fa- a story about her family because she wanted m- the access to money to be universal. That was her why. And he's like, yeah, then he bought into it. That's great. So when, when you do business, you gotta know what your why is. Just with my coaching, I gotta know what my why is. And just like you, I'm learning, it's like I really gotta know what my niche is in coaching. Yeah. I can't be all things to everybody. And that's just the same for you guys, I think. Yeah. So it's just did in high school when you did theater, you know, cause we did music, I did musicals, four years of musicals, two years of acting, just straight acting. Don't know how I did it either. Really don't. <laughs> um, I just remember all the makeup for the musical. Oh my goodness. I could not believe how much makeup they put on me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a small, I, you know, you're from Michigan, so you know, small towns. So I was in this small town and, you know, they're just caking that stuff on. It's like, wow. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But I, when I was through that, I never thought this is what I want to do. Where did you, where was that light bulb moment? Was it some specific production or just in general, that light bulb when, you know, the teacher said you could, you should go to school for this? I mean, you know, I did say that high school was when I was like, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. But at the same time, you know, when I was young and I watched the Mickey Mouse Club and, you know, I'm performing with my parents band and I'm doing dance competitions. And there was always this part of me that wanted to do that. In fact, the Mickey Mouse Club auditions, they came to like Michigan or something, or I can't remember the entire story or like it was like hours out, but my parents couldn't take me. And I was really devastated because I thought, well, I could be on that show. I could, I could make that show. And then, you know, that was the season with Christina Aguilera and what, uh, oh, Justin Timberlake and was that. on Justin there. Justin Timberlake, yeah. And so I was ah. like, that could have been me. That could have been me. So I think it honestly started when I was really young. Just when I started singing, I always thought this is something I want to do. But I don't think I ever really realized it was something you could do for a living until high school. And then when they were like, yes, you should, you should pursue this as a career which was a different thing than, oh, I want to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. It's like, oh, this is a career. This is something I can do every day of my life, you know? And my parents are funny because, you know, they're musicians as well. And they would say, are you sure you don't want to 
because they know the industry is hard. So they would say, yeah. we believe in you, but you know, maybe you, when you go to college, you get a teaching degree as a backup. I never did any of that stuff. And it's been fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I just went full force into, well, I'm just going to do this for my life. And I've been fortunate to have um, worked very hard and made some strategic moves. And, I, you know, I've, I've been lucky at times and blessed at times. And so far, I've been able to just do this my entire life. So I've been very. That's pretty awesome. Her. Yeah. Have you always had a good voice? Like, <laughs> I'm always wondering about that because, you know, when you were in your parents' band, did, is that something that came naturally to you? Yes. I, I, well, I will say that, you know, my mom taught me voice lessons and there was like a natural something there. I did competitions when I was really young. Like, I think I started getting my confidence, confidence when I was, I did my first competition in like fourth or fifth grade and I took first place. And so when you do something like that, you start to go, oh, like there's something here. And I think every time that got reiterated and either getting a role or getting this or getting that, you knew that this was something that you should be doing and that, that there was something there. And then obviously I continue to take classes and vocal lessons throughout my whole life and you get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. Cause you're ridiculously talented. You, and I, 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 we were sitting on the porch and as I messaged you the other day, sitting on the porch with my friend and I showed her that video and I just used my iPhone and it was iPhone audio. And you and I know what room tone sounds like and it's not the best sound, right? Cause it's yeah. the actual, if you know anything about, you know, wavelengths, it's just going and bouncing off each of the walls and that's the sound you're going to get as opposed to going through an audio mixer and getting the sound straight from the microphone. And it still sounded great. It still gave me chills. It gave her chills. Just that little rehearsal of Aww. that song. And I can't remember what that uh, one million something or other. And I can't it remember a what million that's from. dreams from yeah. uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah. Yeah. The great, right. The Greatest Showman. And you, it was just a rehearsal and you guys nailed it. Like Aww. nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. And that's why I was curious about your uh, voice and whether or not that was just something... Yeah, maybe it's something that was natural, but it's also something you've worked on because you understand the muscle that it is that's the voice box. Huh. Mm -hmm. it just, you're just a fascinating person because now when I look at your IMDb, you've done voiceovers for video games. How did that even happen? Wow. Um, I, I started getting into voiceover in New York um, I didn't book my first video game till I was out here in Los Angeles, but I kind of like my tail end of living in New York, I started voiceover and then I got an agent out here who's been my agent this whole time for now. It's not to give it, you know, nine years that she's been my voiceover agent and she is amazing. I, she's my favorite agent I've ever had. And I've had a lot of like on camera agents and, and different things, but she is my sure. favorite. Like she's my voiceover and commercial agent. Um, and she's just gotten me so many great auditions, great jobs. Um, I can't really say how it happens. It's just you audition. And then when you're the right voice at the right time, you book the job. And then, you know, sometimes you start working with the same casting directors and directors and they call you back for more jobs, which has happened for me. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, my, one of my first big video game was world of final fantasy when I did uh, Celeste share 
And uh, that was pretty cool because it's, you know, a pretty big franchise and people know that character. And I was the first one to actually voice her because it's normally, you know, subtitles underneath for all the old games. So right. I was the first one to bring her to life vocally. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal though. And do you get notice for that? Like, is that like an, like a dark web kind of notoriety for it? Yeah, there's actually a lot of, I feel like that's kind of where I got a lot of attention as a voiceover actor from the video game world, you know, when they started realizing that people, more people started following me and keeping up with my work. So yeah, cause she's, you know, it's Celeste. <laughs> she, people and know who she is. What's really cool about you personally is I see your social media posts. We've been following each other for probably gosh, I want to say 2010 or 11, something like that. And yeah. you, you're, you'll post that you're, you know, you just booked this video game role or this, whatever, and you do it with such enthusiasm and joy that you get to do that, you know, because as a coach, I try and teach people gratitude, but I also try and teach them that every day what you do, you get to do, and you embody that with your work. And I think that's, and I, I love that kind of energy. Is that always been your mindset? Have you always been sort of like cheering yourself on, not cheering yourself on, but seeing this and thinking, yeah, I get to do this today. Yes, yes and no. I think, yes, I've always been very grateful for any job that I've gotten. I think, sure. you know, I think we may have talked about this before, but when I started getting more into meditation, which was more Los Angeles related. Yeah. I learned to be more accepting of myself and less judgy of myself mm -hmm. and less, you know, hard on myself really. Um, and that's helpful because obviously this industry, you, you, there's jobs you get and a lot of jobs you don't get. And I think when I was younger, there were a lot more tears <laughs> for the jobs mm -hmm. that I didn't get and the things that, you know, oh, if I would have done that better, if I hadn't cracked on that note or, you know, whatever. Um, and now I think it's just a joy to just be part of it and live this life, you know, versus how I, yeah, I, I just think I'm more accepting now and always like grateful, it. but even more grateful now, just, I think more blessed. And also, you know, being married to my husband, having this team sure. thing and being older, it, it all kind of goes together. You just, you start to really figure out who you are and what you want in your life. Yeah, and you figure out what's important, and yeah, you know, I, I had a sh mind shift in terms of auditions because I could, per it, you know, just I was looking at them as, okay, I get to go to audition, and I just, if you just go and leave it and set it on the table there and, and go in and do your best and leave it, and then you're done. Even though there's sometimes there was great stuff like you know and. Like I nailed a role for a feature film that was supposed to be shot in Texas when I still lived here before. And turns out they didn't have the money, all the financing done yet, even though they had, you know, not an A-lister, but a probably a B or C-lister lead in the lead. And I auditioned just for an under five role, booked it. And, yeah. you know, it was great. And, but it fell through because nobody had the money. They, they put everything and all the, fanfare it was the hardest lesson I had to learn about the business and that just kind of made me go all right just let it go don't worry mm -hmm. about it well I guess that's the key that there's no you don't have control in this industry right. 
You know what I mean? It's you go in, you do your best work, you be the best you can be. And then that's it. I think that's why also I, you know, I have become a business owner as well. I told you about singing telegrams and, you know, my husband and I are, you know, looking into owning other businesses and that's where I find more of the control in my life where it's like, I can control how this comes out, you know, which is nice. Cause I think we all need a little control in our life, you know? (laughs) Well, and Control what you can and let go of the rest of it. And in that business, when you get a casting director call you or your agent calls you and you go to an audition, it's great, but you can't take that personally if you don't get it. You just cannot, cannot, cannot. Because there's just like, I tell people like, my survival job out here is a, is a barista and I tell, I've got 18 year olds that I work with. And I'm like, don't worry about the customers. 80% of the reaction to you is about themselves. Don't sweat it. Mm-hmm. really just do the best you can and you know make them you know smile make them feel a little bit better about themselves when they leave that's it yeah. that's all you can do and, and anything else outside of making a great cup of coffee is gravy seriously and you got to look at that and in the entertainment industry to get to that point uh is i was listening to dave Chappelle talk about it where he just basically said he went out and made the Dave Chappelle show when he just like, you know, he had just basically in his words, and I can't remember what he said because basically he had a nest egg big enough to where he could just go and do what he wanted to do and not worry whether it failed or didn't fail. And when you're struggling and you're climbing in any industry, mm-hmm. you kind of, you have to have that same kind of mentality, even though, Failure might mean losing whatever it is you have. And that's a, like you said, you, you found a partner, which is phenomenal. I'm so happy for you. I remember when I saw that come out and like, you look like a kid in a candy store. You're so happy. And seriously, you look, that was, you know, that was just made my heart sing when I saw that come out. I'm like, all right, this is great. But I you think, got a partner. That's I think being three, married to him years. is... Yeah, being married to him is is my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. That's the way it should be, though. Yeah. And and what's his background? He's like a he's a producer, or is he like video visual effects? What? He's 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 like a jack of all trades. I mean, he can wow. he can do a lot of things. He he worked as an editor for a long time, but he is a filmmaker. He's a producer. <laughs> I just saw him on the side. I just waved to him. Hey. but yeah he's um you know he's been wanting to um really focus on directing more of these days so that's why um we even like I said we created a couple short films over the pandemic and we did this parody musical together I'll have to send it to you Lando's Redemption it's like a Star Wars parody um oh my goodness a bunch of our talented singers and actors who did it yeah and so he directed that he wrote that he's an amazing writer I mean I could brag about him all day but that's not what this is about <laughs> but yeah no, he's but very talented it, it, it is about you in what the pieces you put together to be as successful as you are i mean you're living in buena park now got a home and you're really to me you're very successful and you know i think that's just phenomenal that's why i wanted you on because i wanted to see where you started from just to get where you are now where you're doing voiceover you're doing you know musicals you're doing legit you know acting and all this kind of stuff and um 
I just wanted to hear where that came from. I find people fascinating. So that's yeah. why I wanted you on because you've got so much joy in you and I wanted people to hear it and realize that they can do it too. Thank you. I'm glad that you're, you, you know, you're a life coach now as well. I can tell from speaking with you that that's something you're very passionate about. And I think that that's like a good direction for you right now. And um, that's exciting. I didn't know you were doing all of that as well. Yeah. Um, it's for me, podcasting is where I've, I can't live without, I honest to goodness cannot live without it. And now it's finally, I mean, I'm booked until June and I've got three or four people like, oh yeah, we got to get you, I got to get you on my podcast. I'm like, yeah. How about late June? Cause that's as far out as I am right now already, nice. which is yeah. I'm, I'm doing the producing. There's no writing involved at all. And I try not to be too scripted in terms of what I ask, even though I, like I, with you, I skimmed your IMDb to make just so I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but the Odyssey band thing was funny. That made me <laughs> like, wow. A fan, you, that's how you got started in show business was a family, I mean, Partridge family band. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, even, oh. even before that, my dancing was the very, very first thing because kindergarten, my mom had me in dance classes and then it was like the singing and the band and everything. But I would say I've been dancing the most out of everything in my whole life. Which of the things that you do, do you like the most? As far as dancing, singing, acting, voiceover, like yeah. on camera. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot of little things that you can do. Uh, you can't still working with your husband. So that's all. I know. Say. I was going to say, can my husband <laughs> be my favorite thing? Um, he no. is your favorite thing. I know. But <laughs> in terms of you and your talent and your craft, what gets you the most excited? Honestly, all of them, <laughs> Good. all of them differently. So, you know, if I'm on a voiceover job, that's my favorite thing at that moment. If I get to sing in front of people, that's my favorite thing at that moment. If I get to do a really deep role for one of the films I'm doing, that's my favorite thing at that moment. Cause I dive right into, you know, I try to live in the moment and especially as an actor, be in the moment of what I'm doing. Right. So, there, there's not something that I, I like more or less than the other. I know it's a little bit of a cop out, but you know, I've no. never really thought about it, but that's how I feel. <laughs> it's just, no, but that's a segue into why you're so happy is because you stay present to whatever it is. And as opposed to sitting around waiting, say voiceover was the answer and waiting for that dream voiceover job. No, you go, you've got all these things that you can do and then when you do it, that's your favorite thing. And that's what, why you probably get booked over and over because you treat it like that's the favorite thing. I will say one thing that was kind of sad in my life is that, you know, they say a dancer's career is only so long and it's generally due to injury. And so that happened to me. And, Aww. you know, you, you have to understand too that like dancing brings a lot of joy into my life a lot and it's just like you know I can still do voiceover and acting and all these things but I can't dance the way that I used to dance and I think that hurts my heart a little you know because that's just something that like when I 
dance. It's just my heart flows through it. But, um, but that's also the journey of life, you know, and it's to be expected. And that is like, they say a dancer's career is only so long. And it's not that I don't dance. I just can't dance the way that I used to dance because of my injury. So that's one thing that's been a struggle that I had to get through for a little bit. Yeah. There's like, I knew I wasn't fit to be an actor because I could, uh, I nailed an audition and got cast in a short film role and whatever. But then when that red light came on, I just gotten too nervous. I just, it's just whatever. It's just like, you know, I nailed the audition. That was easy. Audition uh, was yeah. easy. I had five minutes to prepare and it was like, you're going to read with this gal. And I'm like, oh crap, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I did. And it was, in, I read it for over and over in five minutes, you know, and had my notes and nailed the audition to the point where, and it was a husband and a wife and he was basically a Johnny Carson kind of guy. And they were, had this whole, in one scene, this whole character arc of him being, uh, you know, unfaithful to her and all of this in one scene. And we were at each other's throats by the end of it. And the cat, the casting director and the director of the film was like, gosh, guys, hug it out, let it go because we were that much in the moment it was mm-hmm. but then I went to do that film and wasn't that that was just to see if I could act and I had one line camera came on and I didn't know what the heck I was doing you kind of panicked <laughs> I like, huh? okay I yeah I just had that little thing and it's like all right cool and then one of my friends told me he didn't know how what all the roles were on a film set so he went out and produced a film and then that's when I had a genesis for a film so I I was making good money then. I was getting bonuses every year. So I thought I'm going to produce. And that's where I knew that was my gift. Yeah. I could still be on set. I didn't have to be on the camera, but I also knew what a shot list was and, you know, what production design looks like and all that good stuff. And so also I as knew, a producer, you have a little more control, you know, yes, for, you, for yourself. You don't feel much, like right. a little bit. <laughs> It depends. Well, in that case, I was the executive producer and producer, so I had all the control. Exactly. But, yeah. But it 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 shows me my gift because I I survived in IT for twenty five years because I have a personality and I know how to talk to people, mm-hmm. and then filmmaking producing is all about talking to people and making mm-hmm. them feel good about the job they're going to do, giving them the tools to do their job and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, like I for. A, we shot uh, a film in Burbank. We shot it wild, so we we didn't do any permits or anything. And we had a camera mount on the car and everything. And we're driving around Burbank. And I was like, he, my DP is like, I need this. I'm like, okay. I went and got it. And he was ha- happier than a kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. That's what a producer does. Mm-hmm. And you make people happy by doing that. And I've realized that's my gift and that translates into being a really good coach and uh, even further podcasting because I just love talking to people. I can, it's so much joy. It's, it's, uh, I get three days off. I work four days and these three days off, I at least have one podcast being taped one at least. That's great. It's fun though. It's fun talking to people. Yeah. And you know what? what you were saying about, you know, being with people and being grateful to people. And, you know, my husband and I talk about that a lot too, you know, let's say for example, with the singing telegram company, you know, we, we are very grateful 
to our actors to be part of our company. And, you know, I've worked for companies in the past where you feel like they think you should be grateful to them for hiring you. But there's like this, no, well, I'm grateful that you're working for me as well. And I wish more companies and people would treat the people that work for them with that respect. Like, I'm grateful to have you here. Thank you for working for me because not enough people get that respect. And as, you know, producers and, and owners, my husband and I always say the people that work for us, we will always show our gratitude. We will always put them like if they need something, we're going to we're going to help them out because we want them to know that we appreciate them. Yeah. And not in a trite way, but in a real in, in from your heart way. And yeah, yeah, I know we've I been got in too really... many situations where like him too, like where you're working for other people and you feel like you're just a number. Yeah. And that's, that's not what it should be about. It should, you know, like you have my talent too, or whatever the situation is like, you know, yep. appreciate that. You know, this is a team effort, especially in this industry. If all the pieces don't go together, then it doesn't work. No one is more important than the other piece of the puzzle. Right. It all has the all the machinations have to work from craft services all the way up to the executive producer. They've got to work together. Elsewise, you're not going to have a film mm -hmm. or, uh, a production and like you know in your case you've been on Broadway like Broadway Broadway or off Broadway yeah Broadway, Broadway. yeah my, my Broadway, dream come Broadway. true my dream come true I did Greece on Broadway yeah <laughs> you did Greece on Broadway yeah wow I mean how many people not I mean there's a handful of people who could say that maybe 20 to you know maybe 100 you're one of 100 people and what was your role in Greece so I was I understudied Sandy, Patty, and Marty, and I was the hand jive specialty dancer, and I got to do Marty like a bunch. So I don't know if you're familiar with Grace, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of the movie. So yeah. Marty is the one with all the boyfriends. <laughs> yep. Very good. So you like you got to do real Broadway, real Broadway, not yeah. not off Broadway, not off off Broadway, but real Broadway. The dream. That was always yeah. my dream. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was kind of like once that happened, I was like, well, great. Like, OK, I did that. You know, and then, of course, always you have other goals, too. But it was like, yes, like check that box off, you know. <laughs> That's a big, I mean, that's a big checkbox. And Greece, we're not talking, you know, that's like, it's Greece or cats or, you know, whatever. That's a big deal. Wow. And how long did that run for? It ran for like too short of time because it was the 2008 uh, financial crisis. Oh, yeah. And it closed literally after I'd gotten in the show. I was only in the show for about six months. And, and this relates to the pandemic for me too, which is kind of, I feel for the Broadway and the musical theater community right now. But, it, sure. but when the financial crisis hit, my show along with 13 other shows closed on the same day. And we were just crying. Everybody was so, I thought I had that job for a while. Like I was like, good, I'm set. You know, I got my Broadway show. I'm going to be, those are stable when they, when they last for a while, you know, that's oh, yeah, a they are. job for the industry. But no, the financial crisis happened and, and then, so I think about all the people that just got their show or, you know, was about to make their Broadway debut and then the pandemic happened yep. and then the shows closed. And I, my heart just kind of breaks for them because it's not easy to get those. And if it closed no. now, like, are you going to get another chance to Broadway? I don't know, you know, but it's just tough. I agree. 
I agree. But I think that's, yeah, I feel for uh, so many people. Like, I was blessed because before my current survival job, being a barista, I worked at Walmart. So I had steady income and, you know, we were safe and being tested and all that other stuff. But the people, like, in especially the creative industries, had a harder time. But I also knew that it was a great time to pivot and really find something different that you could do. And you, like you with the singing telegrams, you pivoted your company to make it work, to make it safe to where you could do singing telegrams or a singing musical, if you will, for a party, you know, be socially distanced, be safe and, you know, follow all the right protocols. Yet you still had a business going. Like you didn't have to shut your business down. You actually, you know, grew it. We did for the first month when we were all in a complete shutdown where, you know, it was the lockdown phase. We had to shut down, yeah. but everybody did. But then when we could open up and delivery services could start, that's when we started, started up again. Yeah. Which is but you pivoted and made it work. Yeah. And that's the beauty of creative people is they, there are some people I was listening. I finished it, but, uh, Dave Chappelle talking to Rogan about this guy on Instagram who's basically who's doing comedy 10 minute comedy shows on Instagram mm-hmm. literally and he but he did it where since he didn't have audience participation he did it a way where he built like memes and graphics into his set like he oh, and fun. comedy writing is so hard and this guy just literally took comedy and took it in a different direction which I thought was brilliant it's like that's that's what creative people do. They don't sit around and wait for a job. They go out and create one. And that's yep. what you guys did. Yeah. But you got a great partner. So, but we've already gone over that. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. <laughs> right. So what kind of shows do you guys uh, work on? What's your niche or can you talk about it? Or do I just sign an NDA? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, like different things. So he's done a lot of documentary filmmaking. Um, he actually mm-hmm. finished the... Um, and I, I did the voiceover for it too. Um, for the Oxygen Network, we did uh, Dark Web Exposed. And yeah, I so, saw that on your IMDb. Yeah, so he had finished that up basically around the time of the pandemic. And then we did this teaser called Safer at Home, him and I, because everything was shut down. This was like the lockdown phase. So Andy and I were like, let's just make something in our apartment. So we made this uh, teaser for a film that we were potentially going to shoot, which is called Safer at Home, because there there are women who are in abusive relationships who were basically stuck with that man. And so we were trying to do um, basically a a take on that. So it was a very serious subject. And all we needed was me on camera. And we shot him as this kind of ominous Mm -hmm. man. And then so we have like a teaser for that. And we're actually pretty proud of that one but uh, we haven't done anything with it yet. And then as I was mentioning, Lando's Redemption. So we, we moved out here. We have a green screen studio now in our house. Whoa. Like it's this Why? big room and we call it the studio. And so we have green screen. And so we safely had our actors get tested and um, we were able to shoot on the green screen. I will send it to you because I think you really like this. Um, and he did all of the special effects for it. It's a full on parody musical. It's about, I'd say like 15, 16 minutes long. And, um, we're still debating on what we want to do with that. There's one thing, the music is, uh, karaoke tracks right now. 
So we might actually have to have musicians, you know, replace yeah, the music yeah, in yeah. order to do something with that. So that's sure, that's sure. the stage we're at right now where we have everything ready to go, except the music isn't exactly usable. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So we do, you yeah. know, we've done like musicals together and we do serious films and we, we've, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, I had a YouTube series uh, for yeah. kids, Princess Primrose. Yeah, he helped I, me with that. We shot that. Wow. Do you guys, there's no one, there's no one genre. That's cool. Well, there, there isn't, but that's why I think right now we're said we're, we're going to try to be very specific on who we pitch to and what kind of genre we want to pitch. Is it going to be kid shows? Is it going to be this like little special effects niche? Like what is going to be our, our thing that makes us stand out? Cause there's just a lot of people in this industry <laughs> doing, you know, yeah, the same thing. But also, it's just like when I took screenwriting classes in LA, and even when I was doing it in Houston, you got to write what you know. You got to do what you know. And mm -hmm. stories come out of that, whether it's special effects or whether it's kids' shows or whether it's whatever. It's still something that you know that, like, that you know, like I know the inside the ropes of the professional beach volleyball circuit, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, and okay. I've, I've toyed with, yeah, I've, I've, I know a bunch of pro beach volleyball players. So I know the inside the ropes when what they do. And it's very much like actors in LA because they used to make a lot of money and then the bottom dropped out. And so they have side jobs, they have hustle jobs, but yet that's their dream is to be out on the sand and, you know, say Hermosa beach or Manhattan beach and playing in tournaments. And so you I play too, or, or you just, Oh, I you... used to play all the time in Houston. I used to go, well, I'm six foot two. So I used to play, but that's short. Spiking right? them, spiking them down. That's <laughs> Cause right. you're so tall. <laughs> yes. But, and I know that, that inside the rope stuff, as a matter of fact, I'm one of the people I want to have on is a former pro beach volleyball player. And, nice. uh, I, Write what you know, because I know the inside of the ropes to that. So where I could write a screenplay on that, which I've tried, but, you know, that's really hard to do. Writing screenplays probably what, it's what I tell everybody. If, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. And it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy layering scene by scene, you know, beginning, middle, and end, you know, all of that together. That's really hard to do in 90 to 110 pages. Yep. But... If it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. Not my skill set. <laughs> if anyone's like, write something, I'm like, that's, give that to the writers. <laughs> there you go. Somebody else's job. Yeah, it's yeah. not personally my skill set. I'm more of an idea guy. I can take an idea and I can run with it and fracture the crap out of it. But then I can also go and just, and do that and then let, let them go write something. I have, I have a friend of mine who's out in LA. I think he's still out in LA. I just gave him one concept the next morning. He's like, he had like 30 pages for me. Like, oh, Dang, wow. dude, how do you do that? Yeah. That's a that's gift. That's a skill set. Yeah. But, but that's a, when you're a producer, you got to, in, in any line of work, when you're a leader, you got to learn how to let your people be mm -hmm. and accentuate their gifts. And you being a business owner, you're seeing that. And that's where you get, that's where I get joy. I don't know about you, but I get that joy looking at them going, you just, you know, did that. That's amazing. And I would not know how to do that. 
Yeah. Well, it's like we had said, it's a team effort it, to make something really amazing. You need to put everyone's talents together. You can't think you can do it all on your own. I agree. And you, you and your husband have just, are really just, I think you're just at the tip of the iceberg on that. Just seriously. I think there's so much exponential growth with you two because a you're, you are really happy together, but also you're creative together. And a lot of time in LA, that doesn't usually work. So you've got those two components and you, and now you've got the green screen studio, you got a voiceover studio, you got all kinds of cool stuff. And now you, the only thing that's blocking you is your creativity and you both have a, a ton of that. So I, I don't see anything but the sky being the limit for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's how we feel too. We're just going to keep trucking along. <laughs> yeah, but keep doing both, what we love. I haven't met him, but if he's anywhere near as optimistic about you and about life like you are, then you're good to go. <laughs> he is. Thank you. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Well, I think we just leave it on that. Do you want to, any, do you have anything you want uh, my listeners to know about any upcoming projects or how to find you? What? I don't want to be too pitchy or anything, but. <laughs> be pitchy. Be pitchy. This is your, I'm getting, that's part of what this is about. Okay. Be pitchy. Well, yeah. I mean, I am very proud of our company. It's called Best Singing Telegrams. And if anyone, you know, has, someone that they love and care about and want to send a gift for like an anniversary or a birthday. It's, it's a personalized performance just for them. They can, you know, give us fun facts and we can create a show just for them. And they could just go to bestsingingtelegrams.com to find us. And we're really proud of the company. It's been the top rated company in Los Angeles for the past four years, which is how long we've been open. So it's great. <laughs> and, um, you know, people can check me out on um, Instagram or Facebook. Maybe you could put links or do I need to say, say what my handle is? No, I'll, in the actual notes on it, I'm going to put a link to your Telegram place and your other stuff and they'll be there. So okay. I'll tag you on Instagram. So. Yeah, no, people can just, you know, if they, if they want to follow me, that's great and connect. Yeah. And if they have any questions about the industry, I'm happy to help and talk to anybody. So it'd be great. Yeah, that's one thing about you is I, that I learned, even in just our conversations over the years, that you were always willing to help. You, you were always willing to help me. And I was a new kid to LA and you were like, yeah, what can I do to help you? You were always like that. And that's a gift that you give. And that's, that's why I know you guys are going to be successful. Like, and how did you spell the telegram thing? That's she's called best B E S T best mm -hmm. singing telegrams in Los Angeles. Got it. Best singing telegrams. Got it. Yeah. I got some, I got some people in LA that I'm going to put yeah. that out to be because great. I think everybody needs that. It's fun. And I, you know, I got a few, you know, celebrity followers. So I'll just pitch it to them as well. So. Yeah, yeah. We actually just did, believe it or not, a seven-person telegram bomb on one guy. <laughs> Is it? Are wow. we still recording? Can I say if it's just between the two of us, or are we still recording? No, this will go. We're still recording. And oh, okay. Are you? So anyway, we did. We did for for a celebrity. We did a telegram bomb, and like their friends Aww. who are also celebrities sent seven of our characters. So imagine one comes to the door, and the first one was Marilyn Monroe. Knocks on the door, does her performance, then she leaves. 
Then a couple of minutes later, Austin Powers shows up, knocks on the door, does his whole show. Then a couple of minutes later, Wonder Woman shows up. She does her whole thing. Then Harry Potter, then the Freddie Mercury. And so seven characters. And he he was such a good sport about the whole thing. He had so much fun. And uh, that's awesome. Really cool. We've yeah, never I didn't know that you guys do that, that elaborate singing telegrams. I love it. Yeah. That's very elaborate. I love yeah. that, though. Yeah, it was well, fun. Cool. Let's end on that one. And I'll hit the stop recording thing and then go from there. But that's a wonderful story to end on. That makes me happy. My day's yeah. going so much better. All right. It was good <laughs> to talk to you, Christina. So good seeing you. I'm glad that you're doing well. And thank you for having me, too. This was really nice. I love being able to connect like this.